I'm Dr. Candace Hughes, welcoming you today to our Living Loud, Living Long community podcast. We focus on healthy, well-living for 50-up women. I want to let you know that you can now find exclusive content on our members-only platform. You can access our platform online and through our app. Look for us on our website at livingloudlivingbong.com. You can also find us on all podcast channels, including Google and Apple. And we are grateful to our patrons who are supporting us and bringing our podcast to you. Please be sure to like or donate to our podcast today. Today's guest is a very exciting, very inspirational woman that I am thrilled to be able to speak with today. We are going to be interviewing Sunava Sorbi. She is CEO and founder of Hearts in the Ice, which gives voice to people talking and sharing their passion about the Arctic and Antarctic, about our changing climate and how it affects all of us, no matter where we live. Sunava was a member of the first all-women's team to reach the South Pole. Welcome, Sunava. We are thrilled to be able to speak with you today about your adventures in the Arctic and Antarctic. Well, thank you, Candice. I'm really um, happy that you invited me. Thank you. Sunava, could you tell us how you first got interested in being an explorer in the polar regions? Wow, that's a great question. I think I have to hearken back to um, when I was 10 years old. I actually wrote a letter to NASA because I wanted to go to the moon. I think I've always in- inherently wanted to you know, seek far off places. Happily, I got a letter back from NASA, but they did tell me stay in school. <laughs> And that some at some point, you know, in your lifetime, maybe we will send a civilian in space. But there's been something fascinating um, for me about discovering vast open terrain. And I don't know where where that comes from. It's just been it was grew in me very early. And then fast forward, I'm now 30 years old. Not right now, mind you, but I was 30 years old. And my roommate told me that um, there's a the first team of women that are going to ski all the way across Antarctica. And I did what a lot of people did. And I went, what? You're kidding me. And then I started looking into it because she was writing a story on on the team. And a woman had dropped out of the expedition right before they were supposed to go to the Antarctic uh, after they did a training trip across Greenland. So they were silently looking for a fourth. And my roommate at the time looked at me, we were having dinner and she said, I think you would be perfect for the for the team. And I looked at her in utter disbelief that she would think I would be capable of doing something like this. And isn't that funny? We almost need someone else's permission to think big sometimes. And that was the very light bulb that went off and that encouraged me to call the expedition leader at the time, Anne Bancroft, and just say, you know, I heard about the expedition, that they're looking for a fourth, and I'm not sure that I'm the person, but that I was willing to help the expedition in any way possible because I so believed in what they were doing. And fast forward, I ended up being that fourth person to be picked on that team. And then all of a sudden I went from the minor leagues uh, to the major leagues uh, almost overnight and then officially called myself an explorer. That's a fantastic story. And it's you know so wonderful that you were able to participate in that historic expedition. 
it was a very powerful expedition. It was the largest grassroots expedition of its kind. We did not get one corporate sponsor. There was a lot of uh, trepidation around the fact that we were women and that we were saying we were going to do something that was very hard for people to actually visualize us doing because we weren't men. That was rather um, uh, contemptuous in, in some ways, but we had a tremendous amount of groundswell support from citizens around the world, uh, all over Europe, North America, South America, and they sent in a dollar, you know, $5, and we raised $600,000 for our project. It's absolutely amazing. It's the power of, you know, the community effort because people did believe in us. So it was, uh, I just feel to this day, that's probably one thing that I joined that I'm so proud of. And because it wasn't about us, it was about the collective effort of our entire community. Yes, as a community, we can do wonderful things joining together. Could you tell us what a typical day is like during an expedition in the polar regions? It depends. Uh, tell me what, what polar region do you want to go to, the Antarctic or the Arctic? Because I've done expeditions in both places, and they're very, very different. Sure, we, you could tell us about the Antarctic. Okay. Um, So that expedition, it was an actual ski expedition. And we started at the edge of an ice shelf and skied 12 to 15 miles a day, pulling a hundred kilo, 200 pound sled each. You have to know yourself. You have to be willing to reconcile, uh, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses. And you have to be willing to share that with the other team members, because when you go on an expedition across the Antarctic, Nobody can take care of somebody else. You have to be willing to take 100% responsibility for your choices and your actions and your physical body and your mind. And at the same time, you're wanting to, in, you know, develop a sense of camaraderie with the other people that you're with. So it's a, it's a solitary physical experience where you're on skis, pulling a heavy load all day long. You plant your pole, you drag your sled, you take a breath and you hit repeat. It's sort of the kind of thing that people would look at and go, why in the world would you even want to do something like this? <laughs> you know, which is a, is, a, is a valid question. Honestly, we, you know, we're capable of so many things. There's something very spiritual about being in complete alignment with your mind, your body, and your, the spiritual part of yourself. It, it's a humbling experience. And it's also one that gives you a tremendous amount of strength. And we made history as the first women to ski to the South Pole. And we had um, thousands of kids from around the world join us via push pins on a map because this is pre-internet. So it, it felt that we had a very important role to play in terms of being something visible that other young women can see because you can't be what you can't see. And we wanted to show that strength comes in all shapes and sizes. Uh, Sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's um, cerebral, sometimes it's creative, but we wanted to really elevate the playing field and sort of beat the drum around gender equality that it still does not exist. Yes, I really like that to provide role models for women, just as you said, that if we don't see the role models, then we don't know that that's something we can attain, that's something we can go for. So I really like what you said about that. Thank you. I think it's it's so important. I mean, we've come a long way in our world in so many different areas, but we know that gender parity does not exist. We're, we're still underrepresented in science. So we're continuing, you know, with the Hearts in the Ice Project now, continuing to just 
completely show up, you know, in places where maybe we're underrepresented or give voice to those who are underrepresented. So all of us are far more capable and powerful than we, than we think, actually. Yes, and that aligns with our Living Loud, Living Long community. So I, I totally support that. I wanted to go back to something that you had mentioned just a short time ago about how challenging these expeditions are. And I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about how you do prepare for something like that, which is so strenuous, both physically and mentally strenuous. It's really uh, like an elite athletic activity that you're doing here, which many people may not realize if they haven't participated in something like that. How do you get ready for that sort of thing? Oh, Candace, uh, that's a great question. It's it's interesting. You know, I had a, a series of thoughts scrambling in my brain when you asked that. You know, the preparation that maybe goes under recognized to pull off either an expedition to the South Pole or what I have recently come off of, which is a 19 month voluntary self-isolation in a remote trapper's cabin with no running water and no electricity, all to, to give voice to climate change and to engage um, youth around the world. You know, your whole world, uh, the world that you knew, you leave behind and you come back changed. And so the preparation, um, it's absolutely logistical in terms of getting gear ready, making sure you have all your your supplies, that you take care of your finances before you leave, that you've written out your will, <laughs> and that you have every element of technical, you know, technical support for all those worst case scenarios that you hope never happen, but that could always could happen. And then when you leave, you're sort of cut off from from your world, from your 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 partners, your your family, your your dear friends, and from a world of comfort. And you go into one where there's always discomfort. And so oddly enough, it's not like that, that I seek out uh, pain or, or discomfort, but you find a way of redefining what comfort is for you. And I find that experience to be when you've left your world behind and you go back to somewhere where your life is pared down and very simple, there's something very rich about that experience where you are living with what you need, what you have, and you can find deep joy and satisfaction in the very thing that you're doing, whether it's, you know, an expedition across somewhere or your stationary as we were for 19 months. It's a, it's a real gift to be able to sit in, in quiet, peaceful solitude to contemplate, you know, that's such a luxury in our world for most of us. And to see, you know, how can I, as a woman uh, at this point in my life, how can I continue to serve and how can I continue to be authentic and how I show up and protect what I love? The leaving part is very hard and the coming back part is also very hard. You come back to a world where it's full of excess, way too much chatter, way too many ways we're wasting food, energy, each other's time. It's pretty traumatic coming back from things like this. So um, the re-entry actually has, has been a little difficult after this 19 month of isolation. Yeah, so it's almost like a meditation in a way where you are learning more about yourself, learning more about how you are relating to nature. It's fantastic. And it's also a way to really create a narrative around how, how much we need each other as people. Hilda and I did not do the um, hearts and we did not start the hearts and the ice project to show 
how powerful she is and how powerful I am. On the contrary, this was a non-ego project completely. Uh, we left our full-time jobs to start this. And what we wanted to do was to really share our love for these polar regions and um, share our whatever narratives and stories of the way we, ways we were living to show how powerful women are. Because our entire community around Hearts in the Ice has grown to represent 60% women around the world. And we want to lift each other up. And we want to continue to share how valuable it is when you, if somebody has given you a hand up, put a hand down to somebody else. And how working in community with, with each other, we probably never would have war out there, you know, because we don't believe in war. We believe in collaboration and working with a heart and soul. What is your next challenge? You have worked on so many exciting, fascinating things. Is there something you have coming up next that you would like to share with us? Yes, I think the, the Canadian Arctic Project is coming up and it's a big challenge because um, it's going to be in Cambridge Bay, Nunavut, uh, which is where there's a huge facility called um, that Polar Knowledge Canada runs. And basically, Hila and I have this idea for, for this, uh, this project, which is putting all the technical tools into the hands of the Inuit, but they don't trust scientists. And so we need to go into this community and establish trust with the, with the elders and the community, and then listen and help uh, understand what sort of challenges they're faced with, and then build our project around that. So it's a very different way of operating. But it's, it's fascinating because we want them to understand that the only reason we're doing this is to give them a voice. And so it's, uh, there's a lot of logistical considerations around this project and there's fundraising to be done and, and a lot of phone calls to be had, but it, it remains the, the candle that's burning for both of us. It sounds like a very worthwhile project. I think so. And if people want to follow along, you just go to our website, heartsandtheice.com and we put out monthly newsletters and, and things like that to keep people in touch. And then also we host a school calls twice a month with different experts on various topics. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And it, I think the school calls sound like a great way to uh, help both the students and keep the knowledge going with your expedition. Absolutely. We reached over 100,000 youth from um, our little trapper's cabin over the course of 19 months. And, and I have to tell you, Candace, there was not one expert um, that wasn't stumped because the kids have so many smart questions. That's one way to stay young is hang around the youth. Yes, definitely. I, I feel like we do need to keep information going across the generations and we can always learn and share. That's how I look at things. That's what I are tried to do with Living Loud, Living Long, is we, although we are for 50 Up Women, we want to keep that connection going and information sharing with all different uh, age groups. Because that's, as you said, it, it keeps us active and engaged with our world. Yeah. And I love what you're doing with your podcast, uh, Candice. I think it's a very powerful thing. And, and I'm sure you've had amazing speakers over the, over the course of the months and years. And it's so important for all of us women. We're stronger together. Absolutely. Yes, I, I believe that as well. Well, I've really enjoyed speaking with you today, Sunova, and so happy that you were able to uh, have time to visit and talk and share with our community. 
Thank you. It's been my honor and pleasure to have some time with you, Candace. Thank you very much. Looking for a positive, uplifting community for 50 and up women? We celebrate 50 and up women who are living loud, living long, with authentic stories of real people who are creating the life they want, winning athletes, entrepreneurs, and creatives. We are tsunami wiping away outdated ideas of who we are. We give voice, we give visibility, we give community, learning, sharing, changing, vibrant, healthy, strong. If that's you, you belong with us. If you enjoyed our podcast, support our work by clicking like, subscribing, becoming a member of L4 at livingloudlivinglong.com and donating to our Patreon account so we can keep bringing you awesomely inspiring people. See you next month.